Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Hi, everyone. The past few weeks have been exceedingly busy, which is why I have not had the time to write and uh, record any more blog articles. Our hope, though, is that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, and as we move into the holiday season, may you have wonderful time spent with family and friends, and may you also draw closer to the Lord. The phrase, fear not, appears more than once in Scripture. Now, depending upon the translation used, will determine the number of times. As, for instance, the King James Version uses the phrase, fear not, 74 times, while the NASB uses the phrase four times, etc. So in the end, it doesn't really matter how many times it's stated in Scripture, does it? If God had only said it once in the entire Bible, that would have been authoritative enough for us. Now, one of my favorite Scripture verses, well, at least for now, that I've committed to memory is Isaiah 41.10, which says this, quote, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, if we take those words and embed them by memorization within our hearts and minds, I believe God's power through those words will rise to the surface as we dwell on them so that we won't fear the variety of situations that we face in life. In fact, I challenge you the next time you face difficulty to repeat and contemplate this one verse, break it apart, think about it, grasp its meaning so that you will begin to believe in your spirit that because God is God and because he loves us and because we are his, he is with us. He will strengthen us and he will uphold us to bring us through the trials and difficulties that he allows to come our way. These are very important truths that we need to take to heart. Now, there are other uses of the word fear in Scripture as well, and I've gone over them in several previous articles and audios. We shouldn't fear circumstances that enter our life. That's easier said than done, but we should fear offending God with our words, thoughts, and actions. The truth is that we often do fear situations that can cause anxiety. Anxiety has a way of chasing away our faith and trust in God, and it, and it happens to all Christians. In order to fear offending God, but not circumstances, there are two ways we can approach it. Either we'll approach that from a legalistic viewpoint, and Paul talks a great deal about that in the book of Romans, and focus then on every word, every thought, every action because of the law. So our focus then is on the law, or we deliberately choose to fear offending God with our thoughts, actions, and words because of love. Now, the former is legalistic in its approach, while the latter is based on our growing love for God. In the end, the same outward result can occur and may actually look the same outwardly. However, when it's done from a legalistic perspective, well, we can easily become cold of heart and more legalistic than when we started, totally devoid of real love. Legalism brings obedience grudgingly based on a sense of impending judgment if we don't do it. 
This creates dissatisfaction with ourselves and others and causes us to see God as something he is not. He is not those things. This is clearly brought out in the parable of the servants in Matthew 18. And in that parable, one of the servants was so fearful of his master that he simply hid the money in the ground the master had given him. The servant was so locked up inside with fear created by legalism that he was afraid to move to the left or to the right for fear of doing something wrong. The servant's problem was that he had a very wrong view of his master and ascribed to the master traits that were not accurate. Do we do this where God is concerned? I have. I have. Maybe you have too. Now, when we look at Jesus, we note that he loved the Father immensely and perfectly. It was this love for the Father that directed Jesus' steps every day, every moment, Of course, yes, Jesus followed and even fulfilled the law to a T, right? But he did so not because he was afraid of the Father and impending judgment, but because he loved the Father and feared offending him or grieving him with wrongdoing. Our lives can be empowered the same way because of the Holy Spirit living within us, but we need to deliberately seek it. So in life, we can fear the wrong things, and not fear the right things. I don't know about you, but that sometimes describes me perfectly. Over the past several years, we've seen this work out in society with the uh, CV pandemic. During the pandemic, and it continues today, by the way, health authorities essentially created a foundation of abject fear throughout society that became astoundingly contagious. Spurred on by the mainstream media, local businesses demanded people wear masks and stay six feet away from others. The constant propaganda warning of remaining masked and distant from others that happened over the loudspeakers in many stores was relentless. I vividly recall hearing, quote, my mask protects you and your mask protects me, unquote, until I wanted to throw up. So I often made fun of the announcement out loud in the store as it played by responding back to it. The propaganda was just that obvious, and for the first time in my life, it seemed as though America was becoming like communist China's repressive government. Now, today, we are seeing an explosion of sudden deaths and adverse reactions with people who should be living much longer, due, according to many health officials, to the jab. Now, of course, those jabs, those those health officials who talk about the jab in that way, they're usually censored and banned from social media. They're treated as conspiracy theorists. Young, healthy school athletes are having heart, heart attacks and many are dying because nothing could be done to save them because it happened so quickly. There are an inordinate amount of musicians and singers and other celebrities dying suddenly, many collapsing on stage during concerts or theatrical productions or canceling tours due to quote-unquote health reasons. Now, beyond this, top-notch professional athletes are dropping like flies, going into cardiac arrest, seizures, or something else. We are told that, oh, they exercised way too much. Really? Average citizens are doing everyday normal things like walking or riding a bike or sitting at their desk and simply dropping dead. The medical community continues to scratch their heads 
they act confused while sudden deaths continue in growing numbers. And by the way, in the transcript, I've got a lot of links to a bunch of articles that point these things out factually. Now, I'm not the only one who believes we're seeing the beginning of the tsunami of deaths to come. Soon it may be impossible for the media and even health experts to ignore it, but I believe they will continue to act as though they have no idea why these deaths are happening. Or, as in the case of what's happening now, they'll just offer, oh, there's particles in the air that are causing this. Or laughing can, uh, too much strenuous laughing can cause heart attacks. Or this, that, or the other thing. But they will sound concerned and will likely continue publicly refusing to consider the possibility that it's not COVID, the virus, but the CV jab that is causing the problem. So why have they pushed it and why do they continue to push it? I'm hearing a good deal of talk of the global financial meltdown that is coming and will affect many nations, including the U.S. Now, if that's true, is that part of the reason why? I personally know plenty of people who have taken the jab as well as many who have not taken it. And by and large, the people who are double and triple jabbed and boosted are experiencing numerous serious health problems. Cancers, heart attacks, seizures, blood clots, dementia, and other things are occurring out of the blue. And folks are going down quickly. Those not jabbed are generally not experiencing those same health problems. The fear that replaced sound thinking guiding people's decisions and still exists today is not a healthy fear. It is not based in logic and truth. It is based in deliberate misinformation, prompting fears of death. In the end, fear motivated the fearful to push the unvaxxed people to the edges of society where many lost gainful employment, were ridiculed, harassed, and treated as the cause for why CV stayed around. If an unvaxxed person did have to go to the hospital, the staff more often than not treated them with abject hatred. All of this was said to be done because of major concerns for people's safety. Well, the problem that exists now is that people like me will do everything we can to avoid hospitals because the trust has been broken by the medical community itself. I believe those healthcare workers who treated unvaxxed with such disdain cause their consciences to become seared. Unless they repent, there may be no going back for them. This entire global situation, which continues being pushed throughout the world, I noticed that Dr. Fauci just gave his quote-unquote farewell speech where he continued to urge people to get the vax. All of this stemmed from fear. And for those who embrace that fear and call themselves Christians, shame on them. This abysmal situation where people who choose not to take the vax were seen and treated as animals to be caged, quarantined, and woefully mistreated occurred because too many people failed to use critical thinking, opting for fear-based decisions instead. Now, fear always pushes out logic. And I wonder if those folks who gave into the fear can really go back and develop any critical thinking now. I am seriously afraid that we are going to see sudden deaths continue to happen and even grow exponentially. My wife and I are now wondering when we will receive phone calls stating that some family member or friend has passed suddenly. We know it'll happen, and it could have been so easily avoided. Imagine if folks 
had simply ignored the government mandates, which are not laws, by the way. But human nature often means following the crowd, even to one's own demise. And that has happened historically over and over and over again. So for all the pure bloods, the people who haven't had the mRNA jab, my hat is off to you. We are seeing more folks wake up who did take the jab or jabs, but for many, it may well be too late unless they can seriously detox their systems. And there are ways to do that. There's a huge push today to forgive and forget. These people are claiming they could not have known what the outcome would be and were merely erring on the side of caution. Yet there were plenty of people, both medical professionals and average people, who did understand the potential dangers, tried to warn others, and were pushed away and ridiculed into silence as conspiracy theorists or purveyors of misinformation. Because those in authority refused to listen, the blood of many who died and will die is on their hands, and it is truly disheartening to see what they've created. Now, I'm certainly not going to harbor resentment against these people and what they've done. However, I will not forget. They have destroyed my trust in them. They did what they did, which turned out to be terrible for multitudes of people. They own that, or at least they should, and there should be consequences for it. It cannot be undone by, quote unquote, forgiving nor should it. State governors who deliberately place people with CV in nursing homes that wound up infecting to the death thousands and thousands of frail elderly people should face severe, severe consequences. Those who knowingly lied to the world and in some cases are still lying, resulting in injury and death to people, should also face judgment by the courts or lawsuits at the very least. I know that they will be judged one day, whether in this life or the next, by God. But it would be nice to see some justice, some measure of justice happening now. I can forgive, but I will not forget. I'll remember that many who lost loved ones during the pandemic were not allowed to hold their hands and sit with them in the same room as they passed from this life to the next, dying alone in hospitals. Yet healthcare workers went home at the end of their shifts every day to return the next day. And somehow that was never a problem. There is zero logic in that. Society has been made to fear through constant lies. Medical professionals who disagree with the narrative and have tried to speak out have been slandered and maligned. Some today continue to fight medical boards who want to take away their licenses to practice medicine as well. An air of unequivocal evil pervaded society that had merely lurked on the sidelines prior to CV. I seriously doubt it can be placed back in lurk mode for the majority of people in society. Fear-based CV has been the largest PSYOP of my lifetime at least, even beating the Q PSYOP by a mile, using a desperate dread of dying to push people to obey any and all mandates and even turn on their neighbors, friends, and family in a heartbeat to save themselves is what's happened throughout the world. This is all preparation, by the way, for what is coming when during the tribulation, people will have zero problems snitching on family and friends when the Antichrist takes his place as world leader. Now, they're making laws in, for instance, New Zealand, where you need to turn in your neighbor, family, friends who speak out against 
lockdowns and mandates. That's what they're doing there. That will become a worldwide situation during the Antichrist rule. And I could be wrong, but I believe this was a dry run by Satan and gave tremendous information to globalists about how quickly and how much people would cave into the fear and obey whatever mandates were issued. May God forgive those who so quickly judged wrongly and took out their anger on those who viewed the information, the same information about the jabs that they did, information differently. May he forgive their indifference, their murderous intent, and the fact that they swept actual facts and good judgment aside. It appears that during the coming tribulation, Babylon, the financial system, and possibly a physical place, will fully collapse, causing major mourning throughout the world. This is in Revelation 18. Is this possibly why the world has been pushed like it has been? Because the financial system is in terrible danger of collapse under its own weight. Could it be the pandemic was also a perfect cover for killing millions of people over the next few years by introducing an experimental gene therapy vax that creates huge health problems and death. Two birds with one stone, perhaps? Well, time's going to tell. Personally, and I know I've said this before, I think they went way too far and way too fast in their greed to implement the Great Reset. The fallout is going to be spectacularly bad. The whole thing has been a parade of lies, murder, evil thoughts, theft, false testimony, and slander, just like Jesus stated in Matthew 15, 18 through 19. Quote, but the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and these things defile a man. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander, unquote. You know, we cannot see into people's hearts, can we? However, we can certainly see the results of what is in their hearts too often, and that's what we're supposed to judge, a person's words and actions, not their thoughts because we can't see them, not their heart because we can't see it. It is important to understand that evil prompts evil people to do and say certain things for our harm, not our good. As Christians, our hearts should align with Jesus and what he calls us to do, think, and say. So while we cannot judge another person's heart condition, since we can't see into that position where they stand on certain things in their hearts, we can certainly judge what they present to us in the forms of words and actions. And we are to judge those things, not the person, the actions, the words. In fact, we need to do this so that we are not taken in by the enemy of our souls. Thanks so much for joining me. And until we meet again, I do pray that God will open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in him. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical conservative perspective. 